Hi everyone, I'm Mahana. And I'm Celine. And welcome back to another episode at the We, we Are Podcast. Podcast. So today we have a news updates for everyone. Um, there were some really good updates this week, so let's just dive right in. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to start it off? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so I have I have probably like the biggest news of the week, which mm-hmm. is Biden's weed order. Mm. This sounds unprofessional, I, but I'll get into I it. I have heard of this. Yes. Yeah. So President Biden, um, he will... Basically, like, the U.S. currently doesn't really have a federal, like, allowance of people to possess marijuana. Certain states are allowed to have marijuana depending on, like, whether what they voted for in those states. But as a whole nation, the U.S. doesn't have... Um, doesn't legalize marijuana usage mm-hmm. or possession so mm-hmm. um, there's been a lot of like federal convictions for like which is basically people just getting fined or going to jail for uh, marijuana possession mm-hmm. on the federal level typically like marijuana charges that are like illegal happen like the states charge people and it's not like the federal government does but there are some cases in which the federal government would like charge people for possession of marijuana but recently president biden was it made a decision to pardon everyone who has been convicted of a simple possession of marijuana under federal law to be pardoned so he's basically pardoning pardoning everyone who like has a federal like um charge against them for possession of marijuana and this is like a really big deal because like this is the first time something on a federal scale has scale has been like enacted for like this this type of drug um for non-medical usage and and it's really interesting because the a part of his campaign was like to sort of help with like the decriminalization of marijuana Mm -hmm. so this is like a pretty big step in his speech he said that there are thousands of people who have prior federal convictions for marijuana positions who may be denied employment housing or educational opportunities as a result my action will help relieve the collateral damage or collateral consequences arising from these convictions so that's that's um one of the main reasons why it's decriminalized not because he thinks weed's great but because he doesn't want those people who got the possessions against them to have the rest of their life sort of be like under stress because Mm -hmm. of their like minor charge um so this is like the most significant action on marijuana the Biden administration has taken to date. And it's a major step towards decriminalization as a whole. So yeah, it, it's really interesting just to see and it's very important. Um, under this law, people said that it could benefit around 7000 people, which honestly isn't that many people. I mean, it is a lot of people, but there is a lot more that mm-hmm. are under like convicted under state's law. So right. the next step would kind of be to like, um, decriminalize mar- simple marijuana possession for people who have been convicted under state law because this one is just for federal law but yeah this is like a pretty big deal for him and yeah. we'll see where that goes yeah so um it definitely is like a huge step that he's taking mm-hmm. and yeah yeah all right all right you ready for the next one yes okay so this update is a russia and ukraine update and i know we haven't done like a lot of russia and ukraine updates recently but you know, just to remind you that the war is still happening and it's still like there are a lot of terrible, gruesome things going on. And I think this just proves that because the bodies of 534 civilians were found in territory in northwest Ukraine in an area called Kharkiv, um, which included the bodies of 226 women and 19 children. Like, that's really terrible. Um 
And the majority of the bodies that they like were able to recover and find were found at a mass burial site in Izium, which is a, a place in Ukraine. Um, and since September 7th, Ukraine has kind of been like counterattacking against Russia and pushing against Russian forces. And they've been able to push them out of the Kharkiv province and basically kind of regain that territory after Russia had occupied that area for like almost seven months. Um, so this is kind of them like regaining that territory. And that's when they found like the bodies of the civilians. And there were also 22 locations that were found that the police suspect were used as torture chambers before they were like freed from Russian control. Mm -hmm. So basically, Russia was using these areas as torture chambers, um, which is really terrible. Mm -hmm. Um and most of the victims that they found were like residents who were detained for violating like really small things like nightly curfew oh. or people who were accused of acting as target spotters for the Ukrainian um, military. So anyone like kind of working with Ukraine in the war, um, they would basically just kill or torture. And in one case, there was a man from Izium. Um, and he was detained at his home and taken to the local police station, which Russian troops had been like using as military headquarters. So they were like using this local police station in Kharkiv or sorry, in yeah, as like military headquarters. And this was like after Ukrainian artillery strike was in Izium. So they found this man from Izium and they demanded to know like where he was from and who he was passing his information to and then they hit him with a tube breaking his arm and like pushed oh metal God. spokes from a bicycle into his skin oh like it's God. really terrible like they have these really gruesome uh, gruesome torture methods and it's awful um for people who really most of the time are just innocent you know um and the police were also investigating like a case in the village that's east of Izium, where a group of about 10 Russian soldiers set up headquarters in someone's private house. They had seized the home and the cars from a resident. And then in the basement of the house, the police found like ropes, Ukrainian army jackets, a gas mask, like a plastic container with dentures. And they were like, they're still trying to figure out like where all that stuff came from. And yeah, it's, it's pretty terrible. And there's so much awful stuff still happening in that country and no one really living in there is safe. So yeah. it's really terrible. So as always, we'll link the, like how you can help in the bio. So please check that yeah, out. Yeah. There's, it's crazy how like long this situation has lasted. It's been since like February, mm -hmm. like yeah. what, what is that? Eight months almost. It's almost, yeah, almost like, a year, yeah. over half a year, which yeah. is a lot longer than a lot of people suspected it would last. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just to bring it to a little bit of a lighter note, mm -hmm. the next update I have is a little bit more fun. So okay. recently the football season has started, the postseason, and Rihanna has been confirmed to headline the Super Bowl's halftime oh, show. That's cool. So I'm really excited because Rihanna has been like one of the most famous um female artists of all time. She mm -hmm. was like at one point like the richest female artist. Yeah. She is known for so many songs like diamonds umbrella mm -hmm. like stay all these songs yeah. that are like so like monumentally right. popular she, she's such like a recognizable author yeah. i feel like you can just listen to her songs and you're like oh yeah that's rihanna yeah so she like actually declined to perform in the 2019 Super Bowl halftime show out of solidarity with Colin Kaepernick so basically she didn't like Colin Kaepernick because she said um that he like 
he's she basically said that she wouldn't give up like her self-respect in a sense she said quote i wouldn't dare do that i couldn't be a sellout i couldn't be enabler there's things within this organization that i do not agree with at at all and i was not to go out and be of service to them in any way so she said that in 2019 about the league um the reason behind this is Kaepernick basically um he like so there was a he was a former San Francisco 49ers quarterback. So he protested the national 2016 national anthems and it sparked debate throughout like the whole football thing. So yeah, it was, it was very interesting, but that Super Bowl was headlined by Maroon five. Now she agreed to do the Super Bowl. And even though she hasn't like posted an album since 2016, she's still like, um, going to, perform and she is a really great performer so that's gonna be really fun um an interesting thing about this though is that taylor swift was like rumored to have been asked to perform at the super bowl and apparently she declined really yeah i I wonder why i i kind of understand it because i feel like it's a lot of pressure right because she's yeah she's also like working on a new album now so it's like or like getting that released wait when is when's the super bowl the super bowl is like normally in february okay so i guess it would be after but still i feel like she probably is like pretty busy yeah so i i don't know i i kind of want taylor swift to perform but i'm glad rihanna's yeah i mean i like both of them i mean personally taylor swift is like my favorite but like yeah rihanna's also like really iconic especially to like yeah. a lot of like females out there so i, I also think rihanna's just a good performer like even right. if i'd like taylor swift's songs more i feel like rihanna's a really good performer, yeah i so. think i think it's gonna be great like yeah. either way who yeah I think yeah be good. so all right. all right so this is gonna be the last update for this half so yeah. this is about alec baldwin reaching a settlement and i have talked about him before like this was a while back but there was this huge thing and i'll get into that um but just to refresh everyone's memory, he's like an actor who he's really well known for like his portrayal of Trump on Saturday Night Live, which is basically like this comedic platform. Um, And he was also like producing a movie called Rust. And there was this huge incident that happened where he fired a prop gun that ended up killing the director of photography and injuring another member of the film crew. So like the gun was handed to him and he had been told that it was cold, like it didn't have bullets, you know, like it it was fine to use. It was just a prop, but it ended up actually having bullets and killing someone. Yeah. So um, it was a huge thing. And the victim was Helena Hutchins, um, who was 42 years old. Um, it was just really sad because it was like they were just filming this movie and it was just this such like really unexpected thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently the family of Helena Hutchins, who is the girl who was killed during the movie, reached a settlement with Alec Baldwin. And the settlement was for a wrongful death lawsuit that was filed against Baldwin. Um, that basically where they talked about a lot of um industry violations, like they talked about the production company and producers, quote, choosing to hire the cheapest crew available and talking about how they hired an unqualified armor, who's the person who like handles the weapons. And Matthew Hutchins, who is the now widowed husband of Hela Hutchins, or sorry, Helena Hutchins, is actually going to become an executive producer of Rust, which is like the movie that she was on. And um, the movie will resume production in January of 2023. Um, and... Basically, the husband said, I, I have no interest in engaging in um, recriminations or attribution of blame. 
All of us believe Helena's death was a terrible accident. I'm grateful that the producers in the entertainment community have come together to pay tribute to Helena's final work. So he wants that movie to continue like going on and he wants it to be released just kind of as a tribute to her because she was in it and, you know, it would be like this um, thing for them to just like finish. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really sad. I remember we did an update about Mm -hmm. that when it happened. Yes. Just... Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, that ends off our first half. Stay tuned for more updates mm-hmm. and enjoy the break. All right. Bye. All right, T, let's start it off. Celine, take it away. All right. Say- okay, please stop. <laughs> Wait, do you like my British accent? No, it's really but, bad. Oh, what? <laughs> oh God. I feel like when everyone speaks British, it's always bottle of water. Or is that Australian? No, that's British. Bottle of water. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to start us off um, with an update about the... um, Uvalde. Yes, let's do the Uvalde school district suspending their police force. So as we've covered in many prior episodes, the Uvalde school shooting was... Is it Uvalde or Uvalde? We went over oh, it's this, Uvalde. like, but I, oh. I swear, I can't remember. Yeah, I know it's Valdi, but can't... I don't know if it's U or U. U Valdi. Okay, I think. Wait, so. I, don't know. I feel like every like I could look at a pronunciation like fifteen times before I do it, but then I just can't. Like, we're googling it right now. We yeah. literally googled we this, googled so this many in times. another episode. U Valdi. U Valdi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the Uvalde school district shooting was like really terrible and it took place on May 24th at Robb Elementary and the shooter was Salvador Ramos and he ended up killing 19 students and two teachers. I mean, it was truly terrible uh, shooting and one of the big like areas that people were really mad about was the police response to the shooting because the officers waited over an hour to enter the classroom when the shooter was in there Mm -hmm. so um if they had entered earlier they could have saved more lives and in fact like one of the um first dps members to enter the building crimson elizondo was actually fired recently because she didn't bring like she didn't even bring her rifle or her vest into the building Mm -hmm. Um, even though it was such like a severe situation that called for that. And um, so the Uvalde School District has announced that it's suspending the entire district police force um, starting on the 7th of October. Um, or actually not starting on the 7th, but like they announced it on the 7th. So hours after this announcement, the superintendent of the school district, um, who's named Hal Harrell, also said he would be retiring. Um, so there are just a lot of people who realized that they the response was really messed up. So we have to take a step back and just like maybe make some changes. And the district also requested that more Texas Department of Public Safety troopers could be stationed on campuses and like during extracurricular activities during the suspension when the district police force is in there. Um, And the length of the suspension hasn't been specified yet. We're not sure how long it will last. We're, you know, um, and the families of some of the victims um, have been holding like around the clock vigil outside the headquarters of the school district calling for change. So a lot of them feel like it's a good step Mm -hmm. um, in the right direction, but of course it never takes away the pain that they're experiencing and it never takes away the fact that their children were killed um yeah. yeah so it's really a terrible situation but i think just stepping back and realizing that changes need to be made is important so yeah i think it's like a step towards accountability which is really right. important 
Um, and we also did an update about like the full details behind that shooting mm-hmm. is that awful thing. But if right. you want to learn more about that and ways to help that community, then check out that episode. Yes. Okay. So going on to our next update, it's about New York City. So New York City is like currently declared a state of emergency by Mayor Eric Adams on Friday. Um, and the reason for this is because there is a influx of thousands of migrants from latin america and wow. basically they declared the state of emergency because they have too many migrants and not mm. enough shelter homeless shelter space and like just space in general so it's a very interesting to me that like a lot of people are moving to new york city from latin america for two reasons like one being that it's so far away like you'd have mm. to travel a great distance to new york um and number two, it's because I also feel like it's such a big city already. So to think that, like, um, they would already be so overwhelmed by, like, p- more people is, like, it, it makes me think, like, wow, there must be a lot of people. And in yeah. fact, he said that the populations of the city's main shelter system, which stood at 61,000, was set to break the record of 61,000 oh. set in, 19- in 2019. So it's gonna like break its highest homeless shelter record there's has been an influx of soaring above a hundred thousand people so wow i was like they can't be more like than a thousand how is that overwhelming them and then i realized Mm -hmm. like oh my god that's like a like a tenth of a million people right exactly so yeah and and that's that's just the shelter population is a hundred thousand um so that's really crazy. But the reason um, that a lot of these migrants are moving to New York and not like closer things to the place that they migrated from is because um, Governor Greg Abbott, which is like the governor of Texas, he is a Republican and he's basically like doesn't approve of the amount of immigrants that have been going into yes. america so um he actually like uh, was like said to have bust people into like different states mm-hmm. um and so yeah yeah thousands was, were sent on buses from him yeah there was this whole thing with him like sending migrants to martha's vineyard recently yeah and, yeah yeah, it's, so he's like been busing migrants and that around seventeen thousand migrants have been fleeing um venezuela specifically due to their economic collapse and they have arrived in the city starting in april so that's like almost like twenty thousand people that have arrived in new york from venezuela alone Mm -hmm. which is crazy so they're hoping that by declaring a state of emergency they can get a lot of federal aid and like help with new housing and services and they also urge the federal government to allow like asylum seekers to work legally um and asylum seekers are basically like migrants running away or like escaping economic or other like political crisis Mm -hmm. so they can like you know live a happy life I guess so that's basically what's happening in New York I think it's really crazy we are seeing like really high rates of immigrants recently Mm -hmm. and it's been like a really big political topic too so we'll just follow that and see where that goes yes all right yeah that's All right, so my last update is about some fentanyl pills, Mm. which, yes, not a great way Mm. to end it off, but unfortunately, (laughs) yeah. Um, So authorities found thousands of rainbow-colored fentanyl pills hidden inside of a Lego box. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, And the the Drug Enforcement Administration, like, announced it this week, and they basically busted it, like, in Manhattan last week, 
in a New Jersey woman ended up being arrested for having the fentanyl pills hidden. And fentanyl is an extremely, extremely dangerous mm-hmm. opioid drug. And it can be 50 times more potent than heroin. And oh heroin itself God. is like, yeah, heroin itself is times? really dangerous. Wait, did you say 50 or 15? 50. Oh my God. Yes. That's crazy. Like heroin what? itself is really dangerous, but fentanyl is like one of the most as dangerous, almost as dangerous as it can get. And yeah. Usually with fentanyl, a lot of cases, there have been things that have been laced with it. Um, so it's very important to be extremely yeah. careful because it's such a dangerous drug. Even a small amount can lead to death. Yeah. Um, but officials called it the biggest um, seizure to date in New York City and said the drugs were like meant for widespread distribution, which is really terrible since these are such like dangerous, dangerous drugs. Yeah. And... The, these rainbow-colored fil- pills with, like, fentanyl have actually been seized in at least 21 states since February. Um, and so it's kind of more of a common thing now. And it's usually disguised as, like, other prescription drugs or stuff. But this rainbow pills thing is kind of, like, becoming more popular, a way to hide it. And investigators said they had observed the subject, who's Letitia Bush, a 48-year-old, um, carrying what appeared to be a black tote bag wrapped around a large object as she entered her vehicle and after they stopped the vehicle they were able to like look in there and find the pills and yeah it's it's really legos and fentanyl fentanyl and legos yeah because it's like brightly colored i guess so like yeah why would they put it in legos though because like you're not directly ingesting it most of the time do you know like what was the logic behind that that's a great question well it's i think it was a it was like a Lego container, and there were like I think there were Legos in it, but then she had like a bag of the colors. Oh, stuff in it so she used it. Okay, that's... she didn't put the fentanyl in Legos. Oh, it got <laughs> that oh, makes sense. Got... Yeah, no, no, she didn't like inject Legos. <laughs> I was like, why would they put it? Yeah, no, because no. no one eats Legos. Oh, so it's just like disguised as Legos, so she could. Yeah, she put it, it in like okay. a Lego container, okay. basically for transportation. Yeah, yeah, that's very weird, and it's yeah, creative, it's I guess, but like not in a good way. <laughs> Terrible way. Yeah. Again. Well, actually, it wasn't really. She got so i mean obviously it didn't yeah work um okay so are you good with that update all right so let's move on to our last update of this week so this is a also very sad update about Mm -hmm. a major hurricane that happened in florida this last couple of weeks um so basically a lot of people have been affected by Hurricane Ian. It was a really big hurricane that happened in Florida, and around uh, almost 100 people died uh, at, at the time I did this update. It was around 89 wow. cases of death, and that toll will obviously grow as mm-hmm. coroners find, like, people under houses and stuff. So, like, you're probably wondering what, how that many people died because of like the strong winds and storms, a lot of people were crushed by their own homes. They drowned in floodwaters mm-hmm. caused by the hurricane, or they like died in their cars as like this, oh. as this storm like sort of flooded streets and like sort of suffocated them in a sense. So the dead, um, like the Florida medical examiner's report, I they like sent a report of like the list of people killed in the hurricane, and they're not like named on the report, but they said they were to be aged from nineteen to ninety eight years old. So that's wow. like pretty much the whole spectrum. Right. And it was like a lot of like heartbreaking stories about people who like found their partners like drowned in the streets oh. or like they it's just so awful. Like yeah. it's it's so sad. Like um for example, there was like a seventy 
three-year-old man in Matlacha, Florida, who was like found drowned and buried under nine feet of debris. And then there was a like man's in demolished houses. There was like people killed who were trying to escape the storm, like wow. traveling. Um, uh, people died trying to make it home from work. And there was actually one person in Lee County who was 73, and he shot himself in the head after, like, taking stock of storm damage. Oh, so he saw the damage and then... I think, yeah, I think he owned a business or something, and then he saw the damage done to it, and he's like, I can't afford this. Like, this is gonna ruin my business. It's gonna ruin my life. And he's just, like, ended. Which is just so depressing that, like, this is ruining so many people's lives. In fact, they said that there was, like... 40 billion in property damage claims alone so there's just so much damage going on and i really we're gonna link like help for this because so many people are affected by hurricane ian and a lot of people like the only thing they have with them is their business or their houses and to Mm -hmm. have those demolished like they kind of have to start off on square one without any help yeah so it's it's very sad um even the director of the disaster research center at the university of delaware said that the needs are going to be massive in cases like this nothing will ever happen fast enough for the people who are affected wow yeah it's it's terrible i mean these types of natural disasters it's like yeah it's like like it's no one's fault but like right but literally like it's like the world natural you know yeah it's like but um something positive to look at it is that because of you know the amount of help they need a lot of people from different political parties um like biden and the governor of florida who's very Mm -hmm. republican and biden's very democratic they're working together and they're sort of like establishing a plan to help the people in florida so it's nice to see people like who don't necessarily agree working together for the greater yeah. good, I guess. So. Yeah, I agree. I think um, this is one of the only times in our world you might see something that's like a bipartisan agreement or something. Cause in these times there's really nothing else you can do besides like band together. And Yeah. And yeah. So I definitely urge you guys to help out not only in the Ukraine crisis, but also in this because it's really important. Um, but Let's to just to end it off on a positive note because obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot of bad things happening in the world, but there's also a lot of good things. Yeah. Um. Do you have any good news? Um. Well, we have homecoming today. Yes, which we is do. Fun. I'm, I'm, excited. I'm excited. Like we're filming this, and it's like I don't know, in like five hours or something, or like seven hours. Yeah. Seven. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but sometime like yeah. kind of soon. So that's gonna be fun. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um. Um. Other good news. Oh, someone like won a Nobel Prize for like doing work in you. It was like something about mm. how they. I'll look it up right now. But it was really cool. I saw it. Um, on CNN, and. It's not even here. But someone won a Nobel Prize recently, and they were, like, a big, like, humanitarian, so that was cool. That's great. All right, so that ends off our news updates for this week. Stay tuned. Follow us on our social media at are underscore youth org, and check out our website at weare-youth.org. Follow our podcast, and stay tuned, I guess. All right, bye. Bye.